Now, we're in week five of our series, Jesus Is. Our theme verse, remember, was 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 1. I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Paul said, you remember, friends, when I first came to you, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who he is, then Jesus and what he did. Jesus crucified. Now, Paul's message was plain and simple. His whole message was Jesus and who he is, Jesus and what he did. And that's the goal of our series. The goal of this series is to try to learn more about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And now the question is, who did Jesus say that he is? If it's one thing to ask his disciples and ask others, but who did Jesus say that he is? That's a good question. So if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, maybe we should ask him. He can answer the question better than anybody. Don't you agree? And so in the Gospels, Jesus gives us a number of different descriptions describing who he is. He gives us some descriptions of concerning who he is. And I want to look at some of those, not all of them, but some of them to kind of give us an idea of who is Jesus? Is he a prophet? Is he a teacher? Is he a religious leader? Is he just another man? Who did Jesus say that he was. Number one, Jesus tells us he's the eternal bread of life. John 6, 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate man in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will die. However, will never die. Excuse me. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Now, Jesus declares, I am the living bread of life. Now, what did Jesus mean when he says, I am the living bread of life? Well, in biblical times, bread represented the nutrition and the nourishment that people's life was sustained by. Bread was the main staple of of food in that time. And so we know that uh, that people relied on bread to survive. They relied on bread to make it through life. And so Jesus identifies himself with bread. And so you remember when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, excuse me for a moment, I want to see my notes a little better. And this always helps. <laughs> oh, there you are. <laughs> I was blind, but now I see. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, I read somewhere in a commentary that the reality is that man could live on bread alone. That bread provides enough nourishment and nutrition for somebody to live their natural life. And so Jesus is telling us, I'm the nutrition and nourishment that you need to live a healthy and a vibrant life. Amen? Not just the physical life, but the spiritual life as well. In verse 51, Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And anyone who eats this bread will live forever. How many of you know that Jesus is the living bread that came down from heaven? Amen. And what Evangeline made can't do for you spiritually. The bread of life can do for you like nothing else can. Amen. A second description Jesus gives us concerning who he is. Jesus tells us he's the light of the world. 
Now, in John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. But Jesus, what did Jesus mean? I'm the light of the world. Well, light obviously represented divine guidance and the ability to see where you walked, keeping you from stumbling in the evil deeds of darkness. In Luke chapter 1 and 78, Jesus said, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Light represents guidance to those who sit in darkness. This world is full of darkness. But Jesus came to bring light to the world so that we don't have to stumble along in darkness, but we can know where we're going. Amen. Who is Jesus? Jesus is saying, I'm the light that will give you divine guidance as you walk through this world. You won't have to walk in the traps of the enemy. You won't have to stumble through the evil and dark deeds of this enemy's seeds in this world. But you will be able to walk around them. And I will teach you how to live on the light of God's path. That's good news, isn't it? The third description Jesus gives us concerning who he is. He said, Jesus tells us he is the gate for the sheep. The gate for the sheep. In John 10, 7, Jesus further describes himself. And he, so he explained to them, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come in and go freely and will find good pasture. Now the gate represented the entry point which the sheep entered into to find provision. He said, I'm the gate for the sheep. In John 10, 9, yes, I am the gate. Those who came in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and find good pasture. Now listen, you have to make the deduction that if some went through the gate, then some didn't go through the gate. And so the good pasture was the place filled with the resources. Think about it from a shepherd's perspective for a moment. The gate was the place they could go and find good pasture. The good pasture represents the provisions of God. Jesus is the entry point. He's the door. He's the gate that we go through to find the resources of God. The resources we need, not just to survive, but to thrive in life. Hey, listen, can I encourage you today that Jesus died, gave up his life, shed his blood on the cross, not just so we could survive, but so we could thrive in life. He came that we might have life, not just life. He came that we might have abundant life. Amen. Come on, that's a lot of life. Abundant life. Yes. Amen. Now, you know why some people are still stumbling around in darkness today? You know why somebody stumbled all night long last night in the evil deeds of darkness? They haven't found the right gate. They've tried other ways. They've tried other gates, but they hadn't found the good gate, right? And listen, Jesus said, all who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Listen, there's a, there's, there's a world's voice out there that'll say, I'm the gate, come this way. The world has things to offer and they'll say, come this way. This will be the good pastor, but it's the wrong gate. It's thieves and it's robbers. Don't listen to that voice. Amen. Jesus is not a deceiving counterfeit gate. 
He is the true gate, the real gate, the right entry point where you can experience abundant life. In John 10, 10, in that same passage, Jesus said, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But I've come that you might have a rich and satisfying life. Man, I tell you what, I've been through that gate. And man, that's true words right there. Can anybody bear witness to that? Can anybody bear witness that Jesus is the way into the abundant life? Amen. There's no doubt about it. Amen. So Jesus is the true gate. And finally, in John 10, 14, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. Jesus tells us he is the good shepherd. John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, my own sheep, and they know me. I am the good shepherd. So obviously there's shepherds that are not good. The good shepherd represents the committed and dedicated caretaker. The good shepherd represents, represents the one who shows special interest, safety, and protection for his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he's saying, I'm the real shepherd, the true shepherd, the good shepherd that lays down my life. If you want to know who Jesus is, let him answer for you. And this is who Jesus said he is. First, he said, I am the eternal bread of life. That provides nutrition and nourishment you need to live a healthy and vibrant life. He said, I am the light of the world that give you divine life, keeping you from stumbling and tripping in the evil deeds of darkness. Jesus said, I am the gate, the entry point into the divine resources of the good pastor of this life. And finally, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd that takes care of his sheep. If we remember anything today, let's remember that the Lord is the good shepherd Who is Jesus? Well, he's the good shepherd. That's who he is. Not a bad shepherd. He's a good shepherd. Listen what John 10, 11 says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money. He doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I know my own sheep and they know me. See, the difference between the good shepherd and other shepherds is that whenever the wolf came, Jesus didn't run. He stood there and he endured the cross. He sacrificed his life. He gave up his life. Why? Because he wanted to take care of the sheep. Every other shepherd ran away, but Jesus didn't run away. Jesus is the great shepherd of our soul. He cares for us. Amen. I believe the more we learn about who Jesus is as the good shepherd, the easier it'll be for us to worship him, to love him, to serve him. Man, listen, once you get a full revelation of who Jesus is, you don't have to have somebody watching you 24-7 to see what kind of life you live. You don't have to be motivated by external things. There's something in your heart that says, I want to please him. I want to love him. I want to serve him. Why? Because he's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd and he watches out for my soul. He only wants what's good for me. He wants what benefits me. Amen. Why wouldn't anybody want to serve him? Amen. Nobody had a better understanding of the shepherd than King David. Remember, he himself was a shepherd and he was the son of a shepherd. You know, in today's day, we're far removed from shepherds. You know, you go other places, other countries, and they still have shepherds taking care of sheep. It's kind of far removed from us. We don't really understand what a shepherd truly is. But David had 
great understanding of who the shepherd was. Why? Because he functioned as a shepherd. He knew what it was like to be out there in the field, watching over, taking care of the sheep. He was raised by a shepherd. He was raised in the atmosphere of tending sheep and taking care of sheep. He knew what his responsibilities were to be a shepherd. And he knew the responsibilities and the care it took to make a healthy, vibrant sheep grow. And so therefore, David, in Psalm 23, he begins to express his revelation of who the shepherd is. And he begins to describe just who this great shepherd is. So in Psalm 23... David gives us some attributes of a good shepherd. And I want to share some of those with you out of Psalm 23. Number one, the first attribute that David tells us about the shepherd is the great shepherd takes personal interest and care for each of his sheep. You know, sometimes we can think that God somewhere is lost in in the galaxies. That he's so busy that he, he forgets about who we are. But no, don't forget that Jesus cares for each of his sheep. The psalmist said, David, in Psalm 1, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Now, I want you to notice the personal pronouns that David uses. The Lord is my shepherd and I have all that I need. He didn't say the Lord is our shepherd or the Lord is your shepherd. No, he said the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say, you will have all you need. They will have all they need. No, he said, I have all that I need. Jesus is your personal shepherd. Amen? He's he's my shepherd, but he's your shepherd too. Amen? Here's the lesson. As one of his sheep, you don't have to worry about getting lost in the crowd. As one of his sheep, you don't have to worry about getting forgotten about. Your needs getting ignored. That he don't know what you're going through, what you're dealing with. No, he knows about you. You are one of his sheep and he knows you by name. In fact, the Bible says he knows when one hair turns loose off of your head. He's already got them counted and he could tell you how many are left on your head. Amen. Jesus personally cares for each and every one of you and I and what we're going through. He told a parable to illustrate this in Matthew 18 and 12. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it's not my heavenly father's will that any one of these little ones should perish. Why are we having a free VBS for children? Because there's a lot of lost sheep that need to be found. And Jesus cares about every one of them. Amen. And listen, if he's got, you know, you know, listen, some of you parents have a few children. You don't sit down and eat, eat dinner and say, well, you know, most of the kids are here. It doesn't matter where the rest are. Some of them are here. Let's eat and let's just, you know, let's go to bed. No, if you got one missing, you say, where is Johnny? Johnny. Johnny better get with the program or he's in trouble, right? But as parents, we care for every one of our sheep. And so does the Lord. Amen. Are y'all hearing me this morning? What's, what was the point Jesus was trying to make telling this parable? He takes personal interest and cares for each of his sheep. Listen to what he says in Matthew 6, 25. That is why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds. Have you looked at the birds yet? Some of you say, yeah, I got some in my freezer right now. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Have you ever take, thought about, take note of how the birds just go around eating all day long? Did you notice that? You know, somebody said if, if the government had to take on the responsibility of feeding all the birds, we would go bankrupt. Well, we are now, but, you know, <laughs> besides that, maybe they should start feeding the birds, huh? But do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, they got a lot of birds. And nobody has the responsibility of making sure they go throughout grain. Yeah, maybe the ducks in the backyard, maybe the pigeons in the coops, yeah. But what about all the wild birds? Who feeds them? Who takes care of them? Heavenly Father cares for them. And Jesus says if the Heavenly Father worries about feeding his birds, don't you think he's going to take care of you? I mean, the answer is an emphatic, yes, he will. Amen? Yes, he will. See, the more we understand his personal care and concern for us, the easier it will be to love him and to trust him. How many of you trust Jesus this morning? He's the good shepherd, cares personally for each of his sheep. Number two, the second attribute of a great shepherd is the great shepherd is interested in the condition of our souls. Listen to this in Psalm 23, 2 and 3a. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Now think about it from a, from a, a shepherd's perspective. If you have sheep and you lead them to this desert land where there's no grass, no greenery. And not only that, there's no water. And it's hot. And the sheep become parched. They're thirsty. They're hungry. It's not good for them. They're not in a good place. But if you're a good shepherd, you look in the highways and the byways and you find a good pasture that's full of green grass and that has a pond or a stream there. So you can lead your sheep into the green pastures and you can allow them to lay down as they sip in the quiet waters of refreshing. The good shepherd leads us besides the still waters. You know what's that saying? What, what's this verse all about? It's telling us that the Lord is, in, is interested in us not living a stressful, overworked, anxiety-filled life. He's interested in us having a restful soul. Quiet waters. Some of you go to Destin to be by quiet waters. Amen? Spend a lot of money to just get by Toledo Bend waters. But listen, the Lord wants us to live a rested life, a refreshed life. In Matthew 11, Jesus said this, Come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. You see, listen, I found out a long time ago, just going on vacation doesn't mean you're going to find rest for your soul. 
You can be retired and have most anxiety than anybody else around. See, a restful soul is someone who's found the balance between work and rest. A restful soul is someone who has learned to trust God with his problems and circumstances and can go to bed at night and sleep instead of staying up worrying about everything that he's gone through. See, a restful soul is one who has learned to walk in, rest in, and live in the grace of God instead of striving and worrying and laboring to try to get ahead in life. Jesus The good shepherd wants us to have rest for our souls. Question is, are you resting in your soul? If not, let the good shepherd lead you besides the quiet waters. The spiritual guidance of the Lord will lead you besides the green pastures. The great shepherd helps us. Number three, the third attribute. The great shepherd helps us stay on the right path. How many of you know life is a series of choices? You're here this morning because you chose to come to church. It was your choice. You didn't have to come here. Well, some of you, maybe, children maybe had to come. But you understand what I'm saying? We have, you know, I forgot, you know, there's thousands of choices we make every day. Some choices we make are good choices. Some choices we make are not so good choices. The more good choices we make, the better life is going to be. The more bad choices we make, the worse life is going to be. Brother Francis told me when I was taken over for him, he said, just don't make too many bad choices. (laughs) If you just don't make too many, if you make a few better ones than bad ones, you'll be all right. But you know what? The Lord says, listen, the good shepherd, Psalm 23, 3, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You know, listen, if you're truly in relationship with the Lord, the Lord should influence your choices. Amen. Now, some people, their Christianity hadn't really changed their life yet. They're still making all their choices and not giving room for the Lord to help them make choices. But whenever you allow the good shepherd to be influential in your life, he will help you make right choices and stay on the right path, amen, and bringing you to that place of blessing. The Lord wants us to help. He wants to help us make good choices. How many of you know that? And if we'll listen to him, he'll help us stay on the right path. He'll help us stay there. In John and James 1 and 5, he said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, for he is generous and enjoys giving us guidance. He enjoys giving us counsel. He enjoys giving us wisdom and knowing how to live our life. Blessed is the man who allows the Lord to help him make the right choices. Amen. David, the shepherd boy, the shepherd himself said, you know, the good shepherd, he he guides me along the right path. He guides me on the path of righteousness. The fourth attribute of a great shepherd is the great shepherd helps you get through dark valleys. How many of you know everybody goes through dark valleys? Everybody. You say, well, not them, not them rich people. Yeah, they go through dark valleys too. They got to stay up at night worrying about who's going to try to steal their money. Amen. You know, you say, well, people that have, you know, they're popular and they got, you know, they, 
you know, they, everybody knows who they are. They don't have any problems. No, you know what? They're always worrying about, are they the most popular one? Everybody has dark valleys. Everybody has dark days. Everybody goes through trials and tribulations. In Matthew 5, 45, he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust too. You know what he's saying? No matter what you're going, no matter what, you're going to have some bad days. Amen. Every, even good people go through bad days. Even righteous people have tough times. But listen, the good news is that the Lord will help you get through the dark days. That's the good news. Come on, how many of you believe that's good news right there? He'll help you get through your darkest of darkest of days. He'll help you get through the darkest valleys you walk through. And that's what David the psalmist learned in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You know what David learned? David learned that the Lord was going to help him walk through the dark valleys of life. And did David have dark valleys, saints? If you've read your Bible, you know David had plenty of dark valleys to walk through. He had plenty of dark days. He had an enemy. He had a, he had Saul that was always trying to steal through and Throwing spears at him, trying to take him out. He was on the, he was a, he was a fugitive for years. He didn't know where, where he was gonna, whether he was gonna wake up in the morning, either by being killed by Saul and his men or being ate up by wild animals. David knew what it was like to go through dark valleys and he said, the good shepherd man, he causes me to walk through the valley, through the dark valley. Amen. The Lord promises to be with us. He said, the Lord is with me. The Lord is beside me. The Lord is near me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. We're not going to take the time to go into that, but the Lord promises to comfort us and to be with us when we go through tough times. 2 Corinthians 1, five. for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. You know, um, one of my favorite preachers who's deceased now, Brother John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad. He was a great preacher, but he said, he said, I love that phrase in the Bible that says it came to pass. He said, I love that. When I'm going through a tough time, I just remember that it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he said, I like that phrase. That'll preach right there. It came to pass. Amen. So remember that when you're going through a tough time that the Lord said, it came to pass. You walk through the valley. In other words, you're getting to the other side. Amen. Be encouraged today. Your good shepherd knows exactly what you're going through. He's going to hold your hand and he's got a rod and he's got a stab and he's going to, he's going to knock off the enemies trying to take you out. Amen. And make sure you get over to the other side. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right. The fifth and final attribute of the great shepherd. Is that the great shepherd gives me victory over my enemies. You know, the Bible reminds me that we're in a constant spiritual battle. The Bible reminds me that we have an enemy, Satan, who's always trying to knock us out. He's always trying to rob us. He's always trying to get us out of position. Trying to get us out of the position of being blessed of God. We have an enemy. We have an enemy that wants to defeat and destroy our life. In, the, in Ephesians 6 and 12, it says, for we, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, 
against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Paul reminds us that we're fighting in spiritual battles. Listen, I've preached this a hundred times. I know this verse backwards and forwards. It can tell you exactly where it is in the Bible. But you know what? As you live your life, sometimes you just forget that you're in a spiritual battle. You just forget that there's an enemy of your soul that is trying to discourage you, trying to get you off track. There's an enemy of your soul that hates the fact that you worship God and live for God. And he'll do everything he can to try to get you off track and quit serving God. Sometimes I just forget that there's an oppressor out there trying to depress me, discourage me, and get me to give up. But we need to be reminded that our good shepherd, he's going to provide a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Amen. Hey, listen, the good news is the Lord gives us victory over our enemies. He provides a table. Verse five says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, whenever I read that, I just like to think of it like this. The table represents the meal of victory. It's eating the fatted calf knowing that the battle has already been won because my elder brother Jesus is already fighting that battle and I'm just going to eat the fatted calf here at the table of the Lord. Amen? David learned that when the enemy attacks that the Lord will fight for you and give you the victory. Can I remind you today? The Lord is your shepherd and he will fight your enemies and he will give you the victory. Amen? Amen. You know the difference between the good shepherd and the bad shepherd? The good shepherd lays down his life when the enemy comes. He don't run away. See, the good shepherd doesn't run away when the enemy comes. See, whenever whenever the cross came, Jesus didn't run away. He ran too. He ran to the cross. You know why? Because he knew that it was at the cross that he would break the powers of darkness. He would defeat the enemy. And he would give you and I the ability to live in victory. Amen. The Bible says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hard hand will run when he sees the wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. So the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Can I, can I encourage you today? Jesus is never going to run from the wolf. Jesus has already taken the wolf out. Amen. He's already defeated the enemy. He sacrificed his life. He died an innocent life of a criminal so that he could give us the victory. The Bible tells us in Acts 10.38, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. You know, whenever I think of the oppression of the devil, I just think about the devil just putting pressure on us, just trying to press us down into the ground. Jesus came to break the pressure of the devil off of us. He came to break stress off our life. He came to break worry off our life. He came to break temptation off our life. He came to break bills off our life. Mosquitoes off our life. Amen. Amen. Come on. I got a good amen right there. Come on. Y'all hearing me today? Jesus died so that he could free us up, man, of every plan and tactic of the enemy to take us out. Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen. But look, there's better news than that. Not only 
Not only does he break the power of our enemies, he has anointed our head. He's given us power. He's given us anointing to fight our spiritual battles. In Psalm 23, 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you have anointed my head. You have anointed my head with oil. The Bible says you have an an anointing that you received from the Holy One. How many of you know God has given you an anointing? In other words, he's given you power. He's given you authority. So you don't have to lay down and let the enemy defeat you. But in the name and the power of Jesus' name, you you can fight the battles that you're in. Amen? Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. I've given you authority. I've given you power. You know, again, sometimes I forget. You know, I remember a while back, I woke up. And as soon as I woke up, the first feelings I had was discouragement. And I thought, well, I don't even know why I would be discouraged. I hadn't even heard any news, good or bad. Why am I just opening my eyes and feeling discouraged? Do you know sometimes the enemy will try to bring depression on you while you sleep? Right? And so I was like, why am I feeling this way? And so I just had the thought, well, this came to pass. It didn't come to stay. And so I just not real, you know, fervently or whatever. It's in the name of Jesus. I break that off my life. And I just felt it lift. Now you see, you're crazy. Well, you go ahead and think I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. Jesus gives you power and authority. And so listen, sometimes you're discouraged, you're depressed, you're struggling, you're in a rut, and you can't put your finger on it. And sometimes it's nothing, nothing other than the spiritual oppression of the enemy trying to press you into the ground and cause you to give up. Now, I want you to know that Jesus has anointed your head and given you spiritual authority over all the power of the enemy. Amen? Y'all believe that? How many of you believe he is the good shepherd? Amen? Now, come on, let's wrap this up. And I love this part where he says in Psalm 23, 5 and 6, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Come on. How many of you that think, you think that sounds good when your cup is overflowing? Amen. Cup overflowing, I believe, just means your life is overflowing with the blessings of God. I think that's what it means. Amen. Hey, listen, when the Lord is your good shepherd, your life is going to overflow with blessings. People will be blessed around you because God's blessings are so filled in your life that they're just flowing over to other people. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Now, why? Why is your cup overflowing? I believe the answer is in in verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy or loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know why our cup overflows with the blessings of God? Because of the good shepherd's goodness. Because of the good shepherd's mercy. Because of his loving kindness that's chasing us down. Man, imagine that. They follow me. God's mercy follows me. Wherever I go, his mercy's tracking me down. Wherever I go, his goodness is tracking me down. How many of you believers in here? Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Listen, the goodness of God is tracking you down. The favor of God is tracking you down. The mercy of God is tracking you down because he's the 
good shepherd and you're one of his sheep in his fold and he loves you. He hadn't forgot about you and he's tracking you down to make sure your life is blessed. Amen. Come on, you believe that? Come on, how many of you believe that Jesus is the good shepherd? Would you stand with me? And let's close in prayer. Amen. Man, I tell you, the blessing of being able to, of having the privilege of preaching is you get to get blessed by it as it flows through you. Amen. Well, I tell you, if I wasn't happy whenever I started, I sure am now. Come on, how many of you happy now? You're the good, you're in the fold of the good shepherd. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment now to just, just pray. Let's take a moment to just pray. I want to ask you a a pointed question, personal question. Is he your personal shepherd? Is he your shepherd? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. And they know me. I know my own sheep. and They know me. Do you know the Good Shepherd? And does the Good Shepherd know you? Don't feel bad if you can't say yes to that. Be encouraged today that Jesus would leave this room and let everybody standing here and to go run out and get you. If you're lost, if you don't know Him as the Shepherd, He cares for you. He loves you. And He's interested in you finding the good pastor. But you have to put your faith and your trust in Him. You have to get in His fold. You have to go through the gate. You have to enter through His door. And today He's knocking on the door of your heart and He's saying, allow me to be the good shepherd. If you're saved, would you just bow your head and just begin praying right now that nobody in this room leaves here lost sheep, but everybody in here comes to know the shepherd. Father, we pray right now. Release your grace. Release your power. Release your spirit. Release your anointing, God. Lord, cause, Lord, your grace to be here. Now listen, if you say, Todd, I'm, I don't know the shepherd or I've wandered away from the shepherd, but I want to come back to the shepherd. I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved. I want to be a, a born again believer. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high so I can see it? I want to pray for you and I want to ask God to just come in. Come on, raise your hand real high. There you go. Right over here. Sir, right over here, ma'am. Right over here. Anybody else? Hey, there's two. Anybody else? Come on. The shepherd right here, sir, right here. The shepherd is reaching out his staff. Do me a favor and just slip out of the pew and just come right on down here. Come on, anybody else? Come on, the shepherd is pulling you. The shepherd is drawing you into his fold. Come on and just come to the shepherd, the good shepherd today. Jesus is willing. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Come right down here, sir. Praise God. Here's one sheep that Jesus reached out to. Come right up here, sir, ma'am, come right up here. Listen, I don't know what you guys have been going through, but I know the good shepherd does. I know the good shepherd does. And the good shepherd wants to change your life. He wants to get you on the right path. He wants to help you from stumbling in life. He wants you to have a rich life. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, would you just bow your heart with me, your head with me, and just from your heart, just say that it's Jesus. I'm sorry 
for going my own way, for trying other gates. Lord Jesus, I know you're the gate. I know you're the way. I repent. I'm sorry, Lord. I want to turn to you today. I want you to be my shepherd. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me? Cleanse my heart. Cleanse me, Lord, of all my sins. Jesus, lead me and guide me in your ways. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now Jesus said this, To as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. He's the only one that can do that. He can give you the right to be a sheep in His fold. And He says, When you come to me, I'll give you the right to be a sheep in my fold. Amen? Listen, I want to read one, one other thing, and then we're going we're gonna, to... Can... But listen to this, what the Bible says. And if, if a man has a hundred sheep and he leaves the hundred to go find the one, he leaves the ninety-nine to go find one. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the ninety-nine. How many of you know there's a party in heaven this morning? Amen. There's a party in heaven over these four souls that gave their life to Christ. Amen. Come on, extend your hand out to them. Let's pray a blessing over them. Pray a blessing over you and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for your hand of grace upon these four precious people that surrendered their lives to Jesus today. God, we pray your favor, your grace over them. God, we pray. Lord, may they be fruit that remains. God, may they be rooted and grounded in your love and serve you all the days of their life. Lord, we pray, break the power of the enemy off their life today in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for this congregation. I declare the enemy's power is broken. Every plan and tactic of the enemy is destroyed. And I declare the favor and blessing of the Lord over the people of God today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be up here to pray. If not, be blessed. Have a great day. You're dismissed.